Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It is a bittersweet day at the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast because today is the last day of the fantasy heat wave, the Brodo Fantasy heat wave. Ah. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. And it's over now. But we're ending it off with a bang. We are ending it off with a bang. We we didn't want to leave you with a, a crappy team for last. So we got a very, a very interesting team. And that is the Los Angeles Rams, one half of the hard knocks duo. Um don't forget that oh man, this is kind of sad. Like I'm doing this for the last time. For the last time. 32 teams in 32 days, every single fantasy-relevant player, only with Brodo Fantasy. I'm your host, Tim, here with my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop. What's up? Oh, yeah. Last one. Here we go, folks. Let's end Don't it for- off. Go ahead, Michael. Sorry. Saying let's end it off. LA let's Rams. Do it. Here we go. Uh, don't forget that during the year, we do this every single week. We go over every single fantasy-viable player. Um, those drop on Wednesdays. We also have a... Friday, uh, Monday episode where we recap the week. We also have a Tuesday episode where we give you the best waiver pickups, and that's really where we excel. The only problem is that that's for patrons only. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. So if you're not a patron, and unfortunately you don't have that, but for as little as $3 a month, you can get that extra episode and continue this great advice that we're giving you in your draft season over uh, into the regular season. Patreon.com slash Everyone knows the Sean McVay-led Rams, so let's get right into their quarterback situation. Jared Goff, last season, I'm not going to give away the stats that I know you guys compiled because they're it's a good list. Michael, um, I think, wrote about him on a Fantasy Pros article. No, he's just one, he's one of the My Guys in my My Guys article. Um, so I know Michael, it's one of his My Guys, one of the guys that he's counting on a big bounce back from. I tend to agree, instead of me going over why, I'm going to hand the, the ball off here. Just like Jared Goff used to do to Todd Gurley. Why should we expect bigger than expected things from Todd, Todd from uh, yeah, Jared Goff? Jared Goff, Tim. There you go. Look, Jared Goff is going off, going off the board as a 20th QB, and it's a joke in my opinion. Not only did he lead the league in passing attempts last season, which he will likely do again. Maybe not lead the league in passing, but he's going to be up there again this year. Of the 62 QBs to ever exceed 4,500 passing yards, Goff's 22 passing touchdowns were the third fewest ever. The only two quarterbacks to do that recently were Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan. When Matt Stafford did it, he threw nine touchdowns the following year. When Matt Ryan did it, he threw 17 more touchdowns the following year. Nine more for Stafford, not nine in total, obviously. He had seven completions last year, Goff, where receivers were tackled down at the one-yard line. And all those times, it did not result in a passing touchdown. That could be that could have been seven more last season just off that alone. Guess what? He's still paired with Sean McVay, too. Guess what? Todd Gurley is gone. I know they drafted Cam Akers, they have Daryl Henderson, but will we be shocked if he's not as good, if they're not as good as Todd Gurley? Because I wouldn't be. The Rams are just set up to be a dynamic offense yet again. They still have Robert Woods, they still have Tyler Higby. I think they're both they're both gonna grow from the success that they showed at the end of last season. They still have Cooper Cup. And Jared Goff is coming off a year, two years ago, excuse me, 
where he was the QB9 overall. QB9 overall. He's 25 years old in a Sean McVay offense. Drafting him as the 20th QB off the board is just silly. He's going to be better than that. Yeah, and I think Michael is getting I think you stumbled in your words a little bit there, Michael, but this is going to be a dynamic passing offense rather than a dynamic run first passing offense. Passing offense, correct. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I think that, that golf, I have no problem punting quarterback if I can't find a quarterback that I like at a spot I like and drafting Jared Goff in the last round and making laughing all the way to the bank with it. Um, let's go over to the running back situation. Uh, the running back situation is up in the air right now. Daryl Henderson looked like he was going to be the favorite to start, and then he got hurt. And then Cam Akers um, looks like he's going to be the favorite to start. And then there's reports that Malcolm Brown might start the year as the starter. Yeah. This, at the best, looks like a situation where Cam Akers can take over a Todd Gurley role and really excel. At the worst, seems like a three-headed beast that's going to annoy you every single week. Where do you lie on this backfield? Yeah, look, we've seen the Malcolm Brown is going to start the season with the most touches talk in the past. Let's not get it twisted. Malcolm Brown is not a very good running back. I I would I I think he's a little underrated, bro. Like he, they didn't let him go in the you know in when Detroit wanted him. So there is something to that. I I feel like. But I mean, he's not. He's not like this super dynamic running back that you could count on all the time. I just don't expect Malcolm yeah. Brown to be an issue for very long, even if he's an issue for maybe the first couple of weeks. The real target here, obviously, is Cam Akers. I mean, he's coming into the league with high draft capital. Not only was he drafted by the Rams with the 20th pick of the second round, he was also their first pick in the entire draft, which is notable as well. They have plenty of areas of need, the Rams. Guess what? They still took... The running back, They once they got rid of Todd Gurley. This is coming a year after spending a third-round pick on Daryl Henderson as well. So this begs the question, why would they spend their first pick in the draft on Cam Akers if they really believed in Daryl Henderson as a premier running back? Correct. Mark me down as a hard no on the Daryl Henderson train. Cam Akers was a stud do-it-all running back at Florida State as well. He had nearly 400 rush attempts his last two seasons, combined 53 receptions and 26 touchdowns. He now heads to a Sean McVay offense without the once elite Mr. Todd Gurley looming in the backfield anymore. And despite all the talk about Gurley's injury last season, he still played the sixth highest percentage of snaps of all running backs at 76%, combined for over 270 rush attempts and targets. He also saw a whopping 59 red zone touches. That was good for third among all running backs. In 2018, before Todd Gurley was a little hobbled, he, was a th- he saw the third most snaps, had 330 rushes and targets, and was first with 73 red zone touches. A Sean McVay offense is fantasy gold. Running backs in Sean McVay offenses are fantasy gold. All Akers has to do to return value at his ADP of RB28 is beat out Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Something I think he will do. He has a chance to absolutely blow his ADP out of the water at running back 28. Yes, there is some risk of taking a rookie running back, if they're not able to conform to the NFL system well, then guess what? You maybe wasted a pick. But I don't think that's going to happen here. Daryl Henderson is already dealing with an injury and might not even be ready week one. So Cam Akers just might be a de facto starter just from that to begin with, even if Daryl Henderson was going to start so Akers could be slowly uh, worked into the offense. 
So right now, I'm all aboard taking Cam Akers in like a fifth, sixth round, especially if you go wide receiver and tight end early and you wait a little bit on running backs. Like if you end up with three, like uh, say you start in the back half of the draft, you go Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Kenny Galladay, A.J. Brown, and then you end up with Kareem Hunt and Cam Akers as your running backs. That could end up being a very powerful team. I agree yeah, wholeheartedly. Go ahead, go ahead, Jason. No, I just want to say I love Cam Akers. His ADP has dropped as we've gotten closer to the season, even though Daryl Henderson has been injured and there's no one really else there. I know it's not a good offensive line, but Gurley still scored double-digit touchdowns last year. This is still an offense that's going to use the running back. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there 100%. I feel like he also, of all the rookies, has you know the clearest path. Everyone's on Jonathan Taylor. Um, but he's got Marlon Mack and Naheem's, Naheem Hines to contend with. Everyone likes DeAndre Swift, but it looks like Kerryon Johnson is going to be the starting running back in week one, according to how the reports are, are circulating. Um, of the rookie running back, you know, J.K. Dobbins has Mark Andrews in the way. Of the rookie running backs, Cam Edwards, Cam Akers has the easiest path towards starting earliest. So that's why I like Cam Akers. I feel like Jonathan Taylor in the third round and Cam Akers in the sixth round is one of the more confusing things that I don't understand. Um, I don't, I don't get it. I just, I just don't I like get Taylor it. more than you, but John, Jonathan Taylor is one of my, when we do our fades episode, he's one of my fades. Cause I just think he's going too early in drafts. No um, yeah, I'm not buying it either. Let's go over to the, I wide also don't like now. Henderson at ADP. I'd rather go with the upside player around Henderson. Cause I don't think there's much upside there for Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Daryl Henderson. I drafted Daryl Henderson in the 10th round of my league. I, I don't think there's much hurt in taking the chance on a starting running back. But if he doesn't get the snaps in the first two weeks, like you can cut him loose and don't worry about it. Um, so like, yeah, that that's where I'm taking Daryl Henderson. Um, the wide receivers, Brandon cooks traded away and gone, which leaves two very familiar faces, Robert Woods and Cooper cup with a bigger, with more to work with more. We love Robert Woods. We actually, we actually just a couple of days ago released a episode, Hat Hangers, and Michael's hat hanger is Robert Woods, meaning the guy he's hanging his hat on. Mm-hmm. I drafted Robert Woods to be my wide receiver one and my most important in the league that I care about the most. Um, how do you guys tell us about Robert Woods? Tell us about Cooper Cup. The, it's, it's simple, Robert Woods. I, I guess he's boringly great. Because that's where we're at right now. People hear Robert Woods' name, and they don't realize that he's just been great for year over year over year. And his role in that offense is established, and what that is is the number one wide receiver. Um, at the end of last season, the Rams started to go with 12 personnel more, which means they're going with two tight ends, taking a wide receiver off the field. When they did that, Robert Woods was the one that was on the field, not Cooper Cup. In weeks 13, 14, 16, and 17 last year, they used 12 personnel on 41% of their snaps. Cooper Cup saw 56% of the snaps. Woods saw 94%. And even if they don't play 12 personnel as much, well, guess what? They're going to be in 11, where Woods and Cup are both going to be on the field. So Robert Woods does not leave the field. They lost Todd Gurley. They lost Brandon Cooks. There's over 100 targets there for the taking. Robert Woods is basically, honestly, guaranteed. There is no way he goes under 85, 1105. That's my floor for him right now, and I think that's very fair. Considering everyone that left and considering the Rams set up this season, 
and his ADP is super low. This goes for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Goff had seven passes last year, end up at the one-yard line. He mm-hmm. could have had seven more touchdowns to Cup and Woods. If Woods had 10 touchdowns last year, he'd be going much higher. And then with Cooper Cup. Well, t- t- 10 touchdowns is a big increase. He had three last year. Yeah. All right, fine. If, if he had six five touchdowns, touchdowns seven six touchdowns, touchdowns which yeah. is on line with career averages, then he would be going a lot higher, too. He doesn't, doesn't necessarily need 10. If he had 10, he'd probably be going wide receiver five. Yeah. And then if we look at Cooper Cup, he was wide receiver four last season. No quarterback and wide receiver have a better, higher pass rating on third down than Goff and Cup, including Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Over his last 24 games, Cooper Cup has 16 touchdowns. No active player has more. The issue is that at the end of the year, he's seeing six targets per game, played 72% of the snaps or less in every game. He still scored a touchdown in every game. Even if he only plays 70% of the team's snaps, his role on that team, his seven targets, his red zone looks, is going to make him worth his ADP. And he's probably going to get more looks. Brandon Cooks isn't there anymore. Gurley's not there anymore. Like, we need to look at personnel changes. McVay is going to adapt his offense. He's a smart guy. Woods and Cup are both great values at their ADP right now. They're both too low. I agree with you. What about a, a guy like I also feel Josh, like Josh Reynolds. Josh. No one's really talking about him. Yeah, Josh Reynolds, I feel like, has well. like this a little intrinsic value because no one has said the word name Josh, Josh Reynolds in any type of fantasy situation. Yeah, and it's because they drafted Van Jefferson. But Van Jefferson is a um, rookie. So Josh Reynolds could probably get some work. It's not a lot, but he had at least two receptions in every game after week seven last year. Like they were working him onto the field. They like all Brandon Cooks. When Brandon Cooks would get hurt, people would go and pick up Josh Reynolds. They're forgetting that. Uh, But I I don't think that he's going to have that much significance. It depends how Van Jefferson acclimates to the offense. If Josh Reynolds end up speaking, Cementing himself as a wide receiver three, he'll have some flex weeks. I'm not drafting Van Jefferson, though. Neither am I. I, I um, mean, I'm not super interested no. in Josh Reynolds either. Like, maybe one of the reasons, oh, me I, either. Yeah. One of the reasons why we're not interested in Josh Reynolds or Van Jefferson is because of these one, one guy in particular, and both of these guys, really Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. Um, Tyler Higby has been a hot button issue on Twitter all offseason. You either love him. Or you hate him? We are definitely in the camp of love him. Um, I'll let which one of you guys did Tyler Higby, Jason? Yep. We love. I'll him. let Jason take over, huh? We love him, Tim. We love him because right, so I, I, I'll let Jason take over the Tyler Higby. But the main thing that people in the industry are pointing to as their concern about Tyler Higby is number mm-hmm. one, the return to the twelve personnel. And I mean, I'm sorry, the 11 personnel. And number two, the fact that Gerald Everett exists. He does Jason, exist. You're not buying either of those things. Tell tell him why. Because Tyler Higby had the best stretch in tight end history from weeks 13 to 17 last year. Tight end history. Like, name a history. tight end. No tight end has ever been that good over five weeks. The most recent five weeks of his NFL career. Why are people just acting like that means nothing? Because of a guy named Gerald Everett who's never done anything in his life. In his five-game stretch, Tyler Higby saw 56 targets, had 43 catches, 522 yards, and two touchdowns. The tight end 12 last year, Jason Witten, 
had 529 yards, seven more yards than Higby had in those five games, and four touchdowns. He was a wider, he was a tight end, he was the tight end 12 in five games. Gurley and Cooks leaving open up 126 targets. At the end of last season, the Rams used 12 personnel 41% of the time. They extended him four years and 36 million. They like him. He saw nine targets per game over his historic stretch. I don't get it. They don't have a third weapon right now. And you're telling me Gerald Everett? Nobody wants to talk about how Gerald Everett came back last year. Yeah. In weeks 16 and 17, he had one target and zero catches combined. And he's never done anything in his life. You're going to sit this guy with a historic stretch just because Gerald Everett has a name? And the problem I have with it as well is that the argument of I'd rather take the Rams tight end with the lower ADP. No one's paying. No one is forcing you to spend high draft capital on Tyler Higby, though. Like, if you're spending a seventh round pick on a guy who could quite possibly be a top five tight end, that is a great pick. It's not like you're paying a third or fourth round pick. If anything, Tyler Higby is being undervalued. I've been seeing him go in the eighth, ninth round too. Yeah. So people are just people are saying the ADP thing, and they have it all wrong. Because Tyler Higby's ADP is even too low. And I've same as you said, I've even seen him go in the tenth round. The seventh round is probably early for him. So I'm I agree with you you guys here in that Tyler Higby is in line for a big season. And plus we've seen how many teams can support two tight ends. It doesn't happen. Stop talking about Gronk and Aaron Hernandez for Pete's sake. Cause you know what? Everyone wants to suck off Dallas Goddard. That guy's a bum for fantasy purposes too. No team in the NFL right now is holding up two tight ends. So don't tell me you're going to take Gerald Everett, the cheaper tight end, when he's clearly not going to be the tight end one this year. There is not going to be a point this year where Gerald Everett is good enough to start. So I don't give a shit if his ADP is negative 88. <laughs> There's no point of having him. Tyler Higby is on the team. It makes no sense. A, how do you get a... I don't disagree. That ADP argument is ridiculous. 88. Negative 88 is probably even better than first overall. <laughs> so Jason would take Gerald Everett before CMC. Uh, wouldn't take him. No, he would. Negative um, 88's before one, Tim. You know how I Imaginary feel, numbers. When you're, when you're looking at two guys in the same position, you could follow the talent. Talent says that Higby wins out. Um, you could follow the opportunity. Opportunity said that Higby wins out because he did more with his opportunity than Gerald Everett did. <clears throat> And then you can follow the money. And when you're looking at the money, Gerald Everett, already under contract, he signed a four-year deal for $6.04 million. As the starter, already entrenched as a starter when he signed that deal. His backup, though, was Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby... In the middle of last season, before even getting the opportunity that he got, four-year, $31 million extension that made him a top-10 paid tight end. The team believed in him before he even got his chance. Him getting his chance was just that coming to fruition. Seriously. There is no chance Gerald Everett gets that job back. That's just not how life works. 
When the guy behind you who's making more money is better than you, he's going to play for a myriad of reasons. Number one, he's better. Number two, he produces more numbers. Number three, he gets paid higher than you, so why wouldn't you play him? There's really nothing else to say besides that. Yeah. I don't get in the fact, Higby if you don't believe in Higby, then what is, what is the reason why they would just trade Brandon Cooks on a team that you know is going with three wide receivers multiple times? No, the team that went with the three wide receivers that the 11 personnel that they're so famous for, no, they got rid of that personnel grouping and they instead have a personnel grouping that looks more like a traditional 21 or two tight end set situation. Yeah, I mean... Tyler Higby Tyler will be Higby. on the field all the time. I agree. Tyler Higby will get targeted all the time. Higby. Tyler Higby will outperform his... his his draft position all the time. I'm very clear yeah, about how I feel about Tyler Higby, apparently. Yeah. I think we're all aboard the uh the Tyler Higby train. Clearly. All right. Uh I think with that being I think said, the Rams offense overall, we're ending it with a bang. I think the Rams offense is gonna win some people championships this year. All their ADPs are too low. Uh that's what happens when you have a down year. But you know, things like seven people tackled at the one is stuff that you don't hear um, anywhere else except here, Brodo. Um, let's – oh, man, this is the last time. One injury away. Who is it, guys? I can't believe it's the last time. For me, one injury away is nobody. Come on. No, really. I'm going to say Cam Akers. I, not that – he's one injury away from being a workhorse. Superstar. I – I think I'm going to say Daryl Henderson because I think I don't trust Akers, Akers might be a workhorse anyway. I like Akers to take that job over Daryl Henderson, but I think Daryl Henderson... It is a you know, job. It wasn't too long ago that we were talking about Daryl Henderson being like taking snaps away from Gurley. Well, that was hysteria last offseason when everyone right. thought Gurley wasn't going to play or I something. I mean, people were talking about that because it was only a year ago that people believed in the talent and the draft stock of Daryl Henderson that much. So I think that if Cam Akers goes down, Daryl Henderson uh, will get the shot over Malcolm Brown to be kind of like the the back that gets more most of the work. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. And with that, um, we thank you. That's it. It's over. We've heated the wave. That was the, the heat wave. Thank you so much to everyone who who followed us during this journey. We have gotten opportunities. Our Patreon is at the highest number that it's ever been. Our we have. Sp- opportunities that you guys will learn about soon um we have more leagues than we've ever run and it's all thanks to you guys so thank you so much for being with us we love giving you this fantasy content um we are doing it god knows we're not making a living off of it although we would love to um and all of you guys that help out at patreon.com slash broto fantasy get us one step closer to that goal every single day and we thank you and we hope we get you to one step one step closer to your goal of fantasy championships. Word up. Uh, Michael, where could they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason? At Brodo FF Jason. And I'm at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. At Brodo Fantasy on Twitter for everything. Follow us during the season. This is the time where we should usually plug. We live tweet every single touchdown as it happens during the season. Ah, so it's almost time again. I know for me, one week I had to go to my father-in-law's birthday party. And thank God for me, I have a cool-ass father-in-law. 
but still like the games were like not like you know accessible uh, because we're we're outside so it wasn't the worst thing like I, I wasn't watching football but I was having a good time and I had my Twitter my Twitter uh, mentions not my Twitter mentions my Twitter alerts on and every time Brodo tweeted I got an alert to my phone and I saw every single person that scored a touchdown so it allowed me to kind of stay in the realm of checking on my fantasy team without um you know with still being present for my my father-in-law's birthday party which is always a blast so i you know i don't want to be sitting there on you know during those times sometimes there's times where you you just you can't do it we help you follow so follow at broto fantasy and again thank you to everyone who supports if we haven't figured this out yet you know a lot of it's been you know Thousands of years of civilization, uh, eleven uh, over thirteen thousand years. Where are we going with people. this one? Yeah, I don't know. We haven't figured out a government or a way of life um, yet that allows everyone to do exactly what they want to do for a living, and we are right now in twenty twenty the closest we've ever been to that with things like Patreon and things like podcasts and and um, things like this. So. For those of you who are contributing now, thank you so much um, for that contribution. For those of you who are listening and not contributing yet, um, that's okay. We hope that one day you might. Uh, but if you don't, thank you so much for your support, just for lending us your ears and pressing play on whatever you pressed play on today. So with that being said, uh, yeah, it didn't take as long as you thought I would, right, guys? I don't know where you were going. Said, no, yeah, we both had no ago. idea where you were going with that. <laughs> well, as the Twins could tell you, I, I do that a lot. I'm one of those guys who starts with the big picture and gets smaller and smaller as we go closer. Um, anything you guys want to say before we go? Nope. Thank you all. Let's win some championships. We will be having multiple episodes before we leave. We already left. We already um, released one on Tuesday. Starts. We already released our hat hangers for the season, which are the people we're hanging our hats on. Go check that out if you haven't already. Um, we're giving give you some busts, some sleepers. We're going to do one final mock draft. We got a whole bunch of stuff planned for you, so stay tuned. Uh, with that being said, we'll see you next time. Peace out. Later. Later.